All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. It's Dylan and Matt, and we'll be joined by John Boy Media's Courtney Hirsch. So Matt, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It's Dylan Campione, joined alongside Matt Potter, as always. And Matt, before we introduce our guest, welcome to the MLB offseason and how you doing? Doing pretty well. You know, we we covered some of the, the big news and managerial changes recently and it's going to, I'm ready for the offseason. You know, it's, it's for us, it seems to be kind of the more exciting part of the year, if that makes sense, because we get to cover all the free agency and, you know, different decisions regarding people's careers and and things around the league so definitely excited for it. we'll probably have a little bit of a lull before some of the the big news breaks you know Otani and, and some of the other big names on the free agent market but definitely excited for free agency excited for college basketball and he picked up their first win last night which is huge so so definitely ready I love it but today we're going to be focusing more on the businessy side of the sports industry and today we're joined by the COO of John Boy Media Courtney Hirsch thanks so much for joining us today and welcome to the podcast Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I love it. Absolutely. So for our loyal listeners who know the first question that is coming, we did prep that we're going to talk about basically a nice blanket statement of who are you and what is your journey in your career industry? Who am I? Such a big question. <laughs> um, I'm a wife, a mom to three little kids, one, three, and five. So I have a, run a very busy household and I am leading the fastest growing creator-led sports media company on the internet. So that takes up a lot of my time. I got my career in media sales, started my career um, selling like local TV advertising for Time Warner Cable and worked my way up the ranks as a sales leader. And then as most people know, Jimmy John Boy is my brother. So I was very closely involved when he just started this as, you know, a side hobby, kind of helping him get it up and running. And from there made sense for me to come on board and help with the sales side. And in March, I took over a bigger um, role at John Boy Media and I'm running the whole business operations and really partner with him, who is the chief content officer leading creative strategy and our creative vision and I like to say I do everything he doesn't want to do, but that I love doing that energizes me so much. So it's kind of the the perfect match. Awesome. And since since you were so close, you know, to the to the start of what is, you know, the the beast, if you will, that is John Boy now. Mm-hmm. You know, Dylan and I know how hard it is to grow a a podcast, a social media platform. Can you take us through kind of, you know, maybe what it was like to go through some of the pains in the beginning and then, you know, how rewarding it was to be where you are now? Yeah. Well, I think Jimmy really experienced, you know, majority, if not all of the pains, Jimmy and Jake together and watching him build it was truly remarkable. I think you always hear those stories about founders, they don't have a life or hobbies or interest for the first couple of years, but seeing it firsthand is like really shocking. I think he didn't leave um, his bedroom for like three years straight. 
<laughs> he didn't miss one game. Like he was the merch business. He was doing the podcast. He was social media. He was sales. He was everything. Um, and he, he really put his heart and soul into it. And I think one time I came to visit him in the early days and I was like, what are you eating for dinner? And he's like, I got a stack of potatoes and I cook potatoes like five different ways, five different nights. And that was his weekly meal. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> he was living on nothing, just building this business. His friend gave him 20 grand to start the business. And to him, that was enough to like go all in and quit his job and make something with it. I love it. And obviously you said Jimmy's been working hard, but you've been working hard as well on this company for a couple of years oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> what has that been like for you? What is sort of like the, I know a day-to-day -day life is probably different depending on the day, but what are sort of the main operations that you're working with and helping out with the company? Sure. So today I'm mostly focused on making sure that we're a viable business. I think it was a really volatile year in media sports media, you know, the economy wasn't looking too hot in the beginning of the year, advertising spend as a whole went down. Um, a lot of, you know, the markets for VC funding don't look great. So we really needed to figure out how to just kind of grow up really quickly and learn how to stand on our own two feet and turn this into a profitable business costs and revenue and how can we we're producing all this content how can we strategically monetize it absolutely and you mentioned briefly um you know vc funding and, and my ears perked up as a as a finance student so you know obviously john boy as we you know talked about a couple of questions ago started from very small like any mm -hmm. early stage company does and grows and grows and grows how does your pitch to investors or does it change from when, you know, you're saying, can I get $150,000 to, you know, can I get a couple million dollars? Does obviously, I guess your mission and your, your general business strategy probably stays the same, but how do you, how do you change your pitch as time goes on? Yeah, that's a great question. I think how we changed our pitch was really getting outside of the individual creator lens. Right. And a lot of people think of, you know, John Boy, they think of a single creator. And we're really a house of creators now. We have 26 personalities that come to life under our media company. Um, one of the most exciting things, and I think a big part of getting the funding is that we're creating our own IP outside of covering major league sports. So we we love baseball. This company was built on baseball. We have a great, you know, huge programming catalog around MLB, but we are also building our own IP with the warehouse games. And we solely own all of the, you know, IP, the team names, the jerseys, like we dictate our own schedule. And I think highlighting how much control we have is kind of how we change the narrative of where our company is going in the future. I love it. And then sort of on that same lens, because obviously branding is really important and getting the name mm -hmm. out there is one of the huge things, especially that you probably deal with. What is the balance like? Because I know John Boy first got famous with the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal yeah. and being able to read the lips of player ejections and manager ejections. But now you guys are branching into new the John Boy Warehouse games. We have a lot of mm -hmm. new creators and more podcasts and more teams. So how do you maintain having that initial core of Yankee fandom in Jimmy and Jake, but also now we're expanding to a lot of different avenues? Yeah, I think the build was really slow, right? Like Jimmy first started the company on Twitter, Genki Twitter, and 
grew a following there. And I remember he was just talking about the other day. He's like, I had a thousand followers on Twitter. And I was like, oh my God, I have a thousand followers. Like, what am I going to do to capitalize on this? And then he started talking Yanks. And then talking Yanks grew and they were like, oh, this is going well. Like, what can we do from here? Right. And then they started talking baseball. And then we've just built out from there. And we're really lucky that we have this like core community that's kind of like our diehards. And they, bring more people into the inner circle with them. And it kind of just slowly built from there. And we're really lucky. Our community is super invested in us. It really feels like we have the best like support system and cheerleaders out there that are rooting for us and pumping us up. And when the internet could be such a toxic place, (laughs) they really have proven to like, go the extra mile for us and have supported us when we've tried new things. And I think that's where we're lucky. Like we really owe that to the dedicated fan base. Absolutely. And you were talking about, you know, there needs to be some creativity, especially in the beginning, like you said, talking Yanks and talking baseball and you kind of figure out where people are, people are interested in where they're not, but then from a business lens also, you know, you want to be creative and how do we monetize this? How do we make money? Because, you know, the three of us know that in the in the media industry, it's not just like I'm selling a good and I'm getting something in return. You, you need to be a little bit more creative. So my question is, you know, how do you balance following the industry and following the leads of some people who've gone before you, but then also, you know, trying to make yourself different, trying to make yourself unique in beating the industry in, in monetizing your platform? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we think about that a lot, right? Especially like one of the things that we do differently is we have, very um, low quantity of ads on our shows. And we really value the quality of our sponsorships or ad rates. And that is something that's kind of going against the grain as far as industry trends. Like if you listen to a lot of podcasts, they'll, they'll do like maybe two in the beginning, three in the middle, two at the end, back-to-back reads, 60 second dynamic ad reads. And we've kind of like went you know, the other way on it and said, we just want to do three ads, post read, like really creative reads. Um, and I think being true to ourselves has gotten, has gotten us really ahead. Right. And like, we, we talk about this a lot, the sales team, like our job is to create partnerships that don't compromise our brand voice, because if we lose our brand voice and our community, Like we lose period. Like that is like our North star. Um, So I think it's more leaning towards being true to ourselves than following the industry trends and how do we monetize um, in our, in our own way. And like, we've always done things differently. Like that's why we've seen success. So like why stop when it comes to partnerships? I love it. And that's sort of that phrase that you just mentioned of finding and keeping your own voice is definitely one of the hardest things. I know Matt and I always talk about what Mm. is our voice here. And especially for your company, as you continue to grow, it's kind of keeping that voice consistent on all the different platforms, whether it's a YouTube video or the Twitter and X post that you do every day or just podcasts and interviews. I know we had Taylor Jackson on the podcast a week ago, and she talked about the whole keeping the social media voice similar across all the platforms. So I guess from a business side as well, what is it like of sort of entailing and ensuring that the voice is consistent across all the different platforms? What's best for the business? What's best for the brand? Yeah, 
That's a great question because we have 26 personalities. We want to embrace their differences, right? But we all want, we also want to follow like the John Boy Media tone and voice and vibe and like, but you can't like stifle their personalities at the same time. Um, so to us, it's really all about letting the creators lead and talk about what they're passionate about. And, you know, that started out and this is a big focus on baseball, but now we've grown into other sports. But I think the thread that ties it all together is we say this a lot, like our goal is to be fun, not funny. I don't know if anyone from John Boy Media has mentioned this before. And no, okay. So basically like, we want to have fun and the creators on their shows and we want our community to have fun along, you know, come along for the ride with us. Sometimes when the goal is to be funny, it's to go for that hot take or to go for that easy joke or the laugh. And it could like ostracize people and it can be excluding and can be intimidating. Um, we really don't want to be funny or fun at the expense of anyone else, except maybe ourselves. That's what we say. Like we could take, you know, we can make fun of ourselves, but let's, let's keep it lighthearted. And that's kind of the thread that weaves us all together. I think the other thing just to add on that is if you watch a lot of our content, like we know what we're talking about. We add really great analysis and insight, but we do it in a playful, lighthearted, sometimes quirky way. So it's also that mix of like light in tone, but deep in substance. And we try to like strike that with all of the content that we produce. Absolutely. And, you know, I guess that's one of the biggest ways that you guys can find your voice and diversify yourselves in a somewhat crowded industry, even though, you know, at the tippy top, it's not, it's not as crowded. Um, but, you know, I guess just thinking about your competitors, like, you know, the bar stools and, and some of the other big names out there, is it different from a business perspective, would you say, or is it mainly just from a content perspective that you guys, you know, differentiate yourselves? In the yeah. Market? Uh, that's a good question. I think from a business perspective, it's so similar. Like it's just, you know, the easiest comparison and we're in awe of what they've built in their time and kind of like forged the way for us, which we're very appreciative for. I definitely look up to them. I think the tone and the content is very, very different. Um, I think we also just came up in different time where, you know, podcasts were really on the rise when they, they came up, they, they saw that explosive growth in audio. Um, what we're building with the warehouse games is a different model. And I think sim more similar to like what dude perfect has built or like those YouTube creators, or I even like aspire to be an organization like the WWE, they're like a global media and entertainment company putting on these like large scale events. And I, I think that could be like um, a direction that we kind of take that like Barcel or some of the other, you know, creator led media companies. Um, they're not as strong on that path as we are. Absolutely. And I think that almost leads in perfectly to what I was about to ask next of sort of, it started off as a Twitter account. It's now mm -hmm. developed into a couple of podcasts. You're now producing original content and having a lot of these sort of content producers on the staff. Where do you think that next sort of industry growth might be or that next opportunity that you think, wow, no one's really tapped into this yet. We're in a pretty good position that maybe this is where we could go. Um, I think the mix of bringing, um, bringing our community into the fold more, right? So like we have gotten a lot of outreach of, 
Hey, can I throw my bachelor party at the warehouse? Like I'll pay. Right. Like, or I want my kid's birthday party to like be, um, you know, a blitz ball event. And there we're like, we've been thought about doing like invitationals. Why don't you pay to play in one of our tournaments? So I think just bringing it, expanding our, um, content, outside of the digital world and into more real life experiences. I think that's where we can go. Like what they're watching, like amateur, you know, Jimmy, my brother is like a suburban dad with two kids. Like he could play with a ball. Like there's a, a million other <laughs> gals and girls out there that could do this with us. And I think that could be a new and exciting business venture that we one day expand into. Awesome. And so I'm going to switch gears a little bit, if you don't mind. And mm-hmm. So we had we had Taylor on the podcast. We spoke to you about this a little bit. Um, just, you know, what is it like to be the first thing you said about yourself is I'm a mom. I have three kids. You know, other people in this industry maybe are not moms or not wives mm-hmm. or not sisters, daughters. What's it like to be a woman in, in this industry that's, you know, it's a male dominated sport. Seems like women are really yeah. starting to become more of a presence in the media side of things, but what's, what's it like to be a female in, in this industry? I think it's so fun. I mean, I don't, um, I kind of embrace it and uh, I love being a part of the office. Like I joke, cause you know, the office is very young compared to me. So when I walk in, sometimes I feel like oh, mom's home, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, definitely not like I try to be a cool mom and they roll their eyes at me, which is <laughs> fine. Um, but I, you know, grew up with two brothers, like the office is not like different in any way than any environment. Like I'm, I'm used to being, I think male or female, you have to work here at your computer and know that like a blitz ball is going to like zoom by your head at one point and be okay with that. So it's definitely not like the working style for everyone, but I thrive in this kind of environment. I love it. And what is, cause I know obviously there's a lot of people I know in the John Boy area that we see them having a blast, having fun in those clips that are probably 60 seconds of an average day at John Boy. So what is yeah. being at the office for eight, nine hours a day? Is it that much fun all the time, 24 <laughs> no, seven action? No, it is work hard, play hard type of environment. And it's definitely a grind. I think any, you know, creator led company kind of experience, like what we experience here, we're still really building something. And um, it's not a place where we have people, you know, coasting and we kind of made it and can sit back and like reap the rewards. Like we are aggressively pushing the limits and really working as a team. And, but we also take time to celebrate those moments. So what I love is that it's a very team like atmosphere and we all are doing something that we've never done before, but we're all figuring out and doing it together. Um, so we, we also like to call ourselves a reverse mullet, we're party in the front business in the back and um, people really don't see the behind the scenes too much of how much, you know, thought and care and hard work goes into it because we're, we're always just trying to be lighthearted and playful and party in the front. Absolutely. I have to ask, are there times where, you know, especially you as, as the boss are saying, all right, like, let's, let's start to focus up a little bit and, and be a little oh more my serious. God. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We tried to put like quiet hours in at like one through four, like that didn't work. Like we're trying different <laughs> things. 
Um, it gets really loud in here. We have an architecture firm. I think that's below us or above us. And they like, they've like complained on about us. Like they come and they're like, can you guys like keep it down? Um, so yeah, it gets a little rowdy, which at times is hard for editors and, you know, they really need to focus. So we try to balance that out, but yes, I definitely whip them into shape sometimes. <laughs> I love it, but this is <laughs> Really informative about that sort of, as you just mentioned, the behind the scenes of what people usually don't see about John Boy, but we've gotten to take a little behind the scenes curtain look this time so far. So it's been really enjoying to talk to you so far. We do have three fun rapid mm -hmm. fire type questions to throw at you before. In okay. the name of the podcast, if you get three outs, the side is retired. So we do the nice little joke. If you get these three questions, you've retired the side on the interview if you're game for them. Okay, let's do it. So the first one we have, and this might be a little bit of a tricky one, but your proudest moment at John Boy, whether it's like you guys reached a certain milestone and you realize, shoot, we've made it or the first podcast yeah. or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> hands down, like my proudest moment is comes from two employees that we were doing the review or talk, you know, it was kind of like a conversation about why they liked working here. And they both said, I like working at Jumboy Media because this is the first place I could ever be my authentic self at work, my true self. And I feel comfortable being me at this company. And I never felt like that before. And I could cry, but that is hands down, like my proudest moment to build an environment where people feel that way. Work workplace culture is is everything and often overlooked. So it's yeah definitely definitely good to hear hear something <laughs> like that. Um, so our, our second question is, you know, we you know there's walk up songs, walk in songs if you're a pitcher, different things like that. You know, just hype up songs. You, yeah, you're coming in. You know, you walk in the office. You want okay to playing. So what what would be what would be that song for you? You guys know I fly like paper get high like. <laughs> That's my walk-up song. Is that MIA? Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that one. I think there was a Met player a year or two ago that had that too. And just every time that's blasting, I was so Girl, ready for the whole run. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that one. And then the third question we have for you, sort of an appreciation for hopping on the podcast with us. We allow our guests to dictate the future of the show and almost shout out someone from either their journey or someone they interact with that they think could be a cool next guest. I know we had a fun little John voice streak recently where, you know, Max Manis came on the show. He nominated yeah. Jolly Olive to come on the show. Oh, he nominated Taylor Jackson to come on the show. So we love our John Boy people. But I guess if you'd like to continue the tradition of shouting out someone else from your journey. Um, from my journey, who would it be? Um, I think... Deirdre Lester has been a great mentor and advisor to me. She was the CEO of Barcel Sports. Um, she's now the CEO of Teton Ridge. So she would be an awesome next guest. I love it. We're looking forward to it. But Matt, unless you've got anything else, we've really appreciated this interview so far. We had a blast learning all about your journey and can't wait to continue to see John Boy growing and becoming the leader in the industry. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So for Dylan, Matt, and Courtney Hirsch, until the next time, the side is retired.